there minding her business, waiting for her food to arrive. And Mia started a stupid fight out of nowhere, which she was losing. So she threw a drink in her face to try and up the ante. So if you really want to say, you know, there's a difference between the fights, that's how it's different, which means that your reaction to it is even more wrong. And that's why the correlation has been drawn because your reaction to the fight contradicts your reaction to the Monique situation. Because we know that you were never really, really upset about what Monique did like that to the extent that you were making out. You lot were acting like she threw Candace down a flight of stairs or something. Like you were so OD about it. And now it's very clear to everyone in this reaction to the Mia Wendy situation that it's really not a case of violence being deplorable and inexcusable to you. That's never what it was about. You just didn't like Monique and you used that as a reason to get her off the show, which is now exactly what you're doing to Wendy. Ah, <sighs> disgusting. in my bag swag welcome to underrated my name is hannah oj your host coming at you with another one i really should be focusing on my uni work right now but i just really really enjoyed doing the show last time and the problem is things be transpiring during the week and then i just get inspiration to do the show and fuck it, here we are. So let's get straight into it with hot topics. Chris Brown and this AMA's drama first. So last Sunday, Chris Brown posted a snippet of a dance rehearsal for what would have been his AMA's performance, which is the American Music Awards. So he posted a caption saying, you serious underneath? And then when someone asked in the comments, he said, this is what would have been his performance for the AMA's, but they canceled it for reasons unknown. Ciara also posted a snippet of her rehearsals on IG as well. She was also meant to be performing with him and it was meant to be a Michael Jackson tribute. So that would have been fire. Like that would have been one of the best performances we've probably seen in a while from one of these live shows. So yeah, them canceling it sucks for that reason. And they didn't tell Chris Brown what the reason was either. So we don't know why and Chris doesn't really know why. But a lot of people were not happy. A lot of celebrities had some things to say. The game had some things to say. So the game said, when they pulled Chris Brown's performance from the AMAs, all hip hop and R&B artists should have declined to, but we'll never be that unified. And that's why they keep and will always use us, suck the culture dry and disrespect us in our faces and behind our backs. I do feel like it's a little bit unfair to encourage other artists to do because i feel like the whole reason like the biggest reason why people don't do it is well a we don't know if they're in the position to be able to do it like they probably really can't financially or you know it's just not gonna bode well for them to do that and b nobody really wants to sacrifice themselves for people that they know wouldn't do the same for them because let's be real if this happened to any other artist chris brown wouldn't rebel either so i sometimes i do think that that dance is a little bit unfair but I do see where he's coming from I do think that at the crux of a lot of our problems aside from the obvious racism I do think that 
a lot of the issues are because we don't work hard to get on the same page to fight for certain things. So I do agree with what he's saying to a certain extent, but I'm not going to look down on artists that decided to do their performances despite what happened to Chris. But yeah, I do, I do see where he's coming from and obviously we know the game and Chris Brown are really close. But it was surprising to me that Kelly Rowland really, really didn't seem happy about this. I mean, we saw when she accepted the award for Chris Brown on his behalf, because of course he didn't show up, why would he, if they cancelled his performance last minute? So she accepted the award on his behalf and was, you know, telling some hecklers off, like, hey, chill out, because some people were booing. So she, we knew that she really wasn't happy on the night, and then TMZ ran up on her and Jordan Sparks, like they'd be doing, and they had some things to say. I have to know your thoughts on people bullying Chris. Is it sad to see? You know what? I believe that grace is very real and we all need a dose of it and before we point fingers at anybody we should realize how grateful we are for every moment that we get for even even our our own things that we have i just think it's important to remember to be human we are humans and yeah do you feel human. like he needs to he, i mean he needs to be forgiven for like you know what he did i mean you know what we all need to for be forgiven for anything that we could be doing, anything that we're thinking. We all come up short in some sort of way. And grace is real. And, and we are humans. And everybody deserves grace, period. Have yeah. a good day, honey. I know you too, bye. Jordan, you know we gotta ask you. Um, I'm listening, I'm sorry. So you know we gotta ask you, you know, Kelly Bowman stood up for Chris Brown at the AMAs. Do you agree with her that maybe we should love asking me about Chris? But we love Chris. Okay. No, we love Chris. He should have been there. What? Chris is talented. Do you think that like people should just move on from what happened and like 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 I think honestly I think that shouldn't even be a conversation anymore. It's about his talent. They should they just shouldn't have canceled the performance. That's how I feel about it. Right. I appreciate you. I don't wanna crush you. Thank you so much. No, 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 you're fine. I just think People should deserve, people deserve to be able to grow and learn and be able to live their life without things hanging over them. Everybody deserves that. So, him especially, so. Thank you I so agree. much. Yeah, I appreciate you. Of All course. Right. Great. No more Chris questions. No, you're okay. <laughs> the AMAs also made a statement the day afterwards, and I think the blogs posted it too. So they said, on Monday, in a statement to ET Entertainment Tonight, a DCP spokesperson clarified that the tribute being pulled was a matter of creative direction and no fault of Brown's. Live shows change all the time. It's the nature of this business. Unfortunately, this element of the AMAs didn't come together as we couldn't align on the performance. To no fault of Chris Brown, the statement read. That's interesting. That could be the case. But I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, you couldn't get the performance to align. I, I just... I'm not really understanding what the issue would be if it's no fault of Chris's. I feel like it's definitely something political. I'm not sure what, but either way, I do think it's some bullshit for the AMAs to do what they did. I mean, I think the day before, I think he posted it the day before the night of the AMAs. So if it really was that last minute or even a couple days before, that's some bullshit. Like, he would have had to hire a lot of dancers and do a lot of rehearsals. So the money and time and energy spent pouring into this. I feel like I'm sure there's probably a clause that says if they have to sign something that says that they don't have to reimburse artists if they cancel, like they're, they're within their rights to cancel at any time. I'm sure that, that it says that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have canceled him last minute. But I feel like 
we'd have to come to some kind of agreement where you reimburse me for something. At the end of the day, I was hired to do a job and I invested in that job. I'd be very angry if I were him. I would be really, really annoyed. So it's definitely some bullshit for them to do what they did. But at the same time, I do feel like people are so quick to say that people are hanging what happened with Rihanna over his head and it was such a long time ago, it was a mistake, he's apologised, moved on, Rihanna's forgiven him. All of those things are true, but at the same time, I feel like this is inaccurate. We've seen the same abusive behaviour with Karuchi as well, or we haven't seen it, but I'm sure she's definitely, so I can't remember what interview she did. I remember she did like a big interview about it and I'm sure she spoke on it. And I can't remember specifically what she said, but we kind of seen it. I mean, when they were in their relationship, he would post all kinds of weird pictures on IG and stuff. I remember that. And you know, there was that song where he randomly said Karuchi, like he's been, you know, like he's, he was acting like, like that that probably obsessed ab abusive ex like you, you can kind of see it so i feel like is it a question of him just having one incident or is it a question and, and obviously there's been other reports as well but you never know whether or not there's truth in in those when you don't really hear much about it it's just you know an allegation is made and then all of a sudden it goes away but i feel like when people feel like chris shouldn't really be in the space as a huge star because of his behavior i kind of can't i can't say that that's unreasonable that's how i feel but at the same time this is coming from someone who is a chris brown fan i mean i'm a fan of music he's obviously amazingly talented i grew up when he was popping so for me I'm, i'd be lying to you if i said that i was never gonna listen to his music i was i was not gonna be highly entertained by his performance at the amas like so i'm speaking just from looking up all sides of, of this debacle here and just Chris Brown in general. I do think that where it comes to Rihanna, people need to leave that alone because the victim has forgiven him. You know, he's gone to court for it. Like he's, he's done time, I'm, I'm, I believe. I know he went to jail for a few months. So yeah, I don't think that it's up to us as the public to judge if he's, you know, done, got, gone through the court proceedings for that crime and the victim has already forgiven him. I just feel like we should leave it there. But when people are having the argument that should Chris Brown get these huge opportunities as a entertainer, if we are, you know, kind of rewarding abusive behaviour, I mean, I feel like people are, are validated to feel that way. But me personally, yeah, I do, I do fuck with Chris Brown. I don't love his music as of recent so much. Like his last album, Breezy, I wasn't really feeling it. There wasn't like one song on there that I would return to, which was so, so unlike Chris Brown for me. Annoyingly, I think the best one on there for me was the one with Tori, which really upset me, but it is what it is. <laughs> but, but even that one, I'm like, and that's even unlike them because they make bangers together. Like they've got a couple songs on his last album that I really liked. So I, I, I didn't love his last album, but that Chris Brown performance at the AMAs would have been fire. And yeah, I am disappointed that we didn't get to see it because the rehearsals even looked amazing. And you know, Ciara was obviously killing hers as well. So I, I would have really loved to see that, but it is what it is. However, going back to, you know, what the public had to say about this situation and Chris Brown in general, there are also people that pick and choose when they want to be consumer activists when it comes to entertainers. So there is also that. Basically what I'm trying to say is I see both sides of the coin. But if the AMAs did feel some type of way about Chris Brown's past, then they shouldn't have asked him to perform in the first place. That's why I feel like that can't be the reason that they pulled this last minute. I don't know if they, they really didn't say anything in their statement. It was, it was intentionally ambiguous. So I'm not really sure if 
the reason lies in some kind of technicality or whether it was some some kind of politics i feel like it was some kind of politics involved but i don't know if it was his abusive behave past behavior in the past I don't think that because I think that if that was such an issue, they would never have asked him in the first place. That doesn't make any sense. Like nothing would have changed <laughs> between the time that you asked him and the time that, you know, the AMA performance coming up, unless there's something we don't know, but I would doubt it. Like I, I, I don't think that if he had a situation where he'd been violent recently and we just didn't know about it, he'd be posting it like that because he seemed genuinely confused. Like he didn't, he doesn't fucking know why either. So. I feel like it's probably something else. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure Kelly Rowland and Jordan Sparks know more than we do, and I think that's why the majority of people are just assuming that it's it's because of that. But I, for me, it makes no sense. Why would you ask him to do the performance in the first place? It just, I, I can't imagine what would have transpired recently for them to have more pressure on them not to do it and then just change their mind. I, I was thinking, could it be maybe like they they, don't want to ruin their relationship with Rihanna, but I really don't think that that would be a fact. I don't think Rihanna would do that. Like, I don't think Rihanna's even there. I think, I think she's had to be past this situation by now for her to still be, okay. I mean, they're not friends, but you know, we know she's cool with, with, with Chris Brown. They've got back together since then. They've done songs since then. I think just one song, but you know, like they've had both a professional and a personal relationship since the incident. So one would have to assume that she's probably cool with him. So I, I can't imagine what it would be. I feel like it must be something that we don't know. But at the same time, when you look at Kelly and, and Jordan Sparks, it's like, can it? possibly be that because then I think everyone needs to make up their minds about what side of the fence they're really sitting on like do you do you want to forgive Chris Brown or not like I just I don't know but hey it is a shame that we didn't get that performance but I'm sure he will be fine I don't think he's in that place where nobody wants to touch him anymore like I really don't think so I think that he has a whole European tour coming like Chris will be all right and speaking of which I even need to see if I can get tickets because I can't lie I've been wanting to see a Chris Brown performance. It's a shame, unfortunately, that when you love music, you're just gonna have to come to terms with the fact that some of these people do fucked up shit. And I really try not to, you know, go out of my way to put money in the pockets of people who I believe are fucked up. But with with Chris Brown, it, 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 like I said, people tend to pick and choose, so I don't personally feel bad about it. But with Chris Brown, it's just, that's it's not going to happen that way. I'm so sorry. He's released way too many bangers from when I was a child to when I'm a woman for me to stop listening to him now. So it is what it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we might, I'm sure we won't because they have no reason to tell us what the reason was. But I do kind of hope that some things will emerge that make it a little bit clearer on the reason as to why his performance was cut. Because I'm genuinely curious. But yeah, AMAs. If I were Chris Brown, I would not be happy with you guys. Like, we'd have to be talking about some, some kind of reimbursement. I'm sorry. But that's just me. I got hot sauce in my bag. Swag. I didn't have much time to speak on this last week, but I saw one or two extra things emerge over the last week, so we're going to talk about it today. So, London on the Tracks baby mother, Ebony Ivory. For those who don't know, she's the one that was always beefing with Summer Walker, the main one who's always piping up. So she had some things to say about Shensea and her son recently. So shout out to the Neighbourhood Talk and the Shade Room, who are my main sources of information for most of the topics we'll be speaking on this week. 
certain things can't slide and since certain people don't take things see what i think she wrote sense by accident certain things can't slide and certain people don't take things seriously i'll make sure that certain things don't happen again shenseya you need to talk to your son and take him to therapy before he grows up and gets into real trouble in the meantime i'm saying loud and clear again shenseya keep yourself and your son away from my daughter for the rest of your life and don't act like I didn't DM you first and reach out to everyone else. If people close to you didn't let you know, you're bad. You've been playing on my top from the jump trying to make Paris call you mum like a weirdo. Now you and your son are weird as fuck and it gotta be your fault because he's a kid. Let me make some clear. God, I hate when people don't type properly. Let me make some clear. I don't want that man I've been moved on. Okay, Ebony. Okay. I'm let everyone know that you're... I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everyone know that you're the one that got, what? Bitch, what? What are you talking about? I'm let everyone know that you the one got who get cheat on. I'm guessing she's trying to say, I'm gonna let everybody know that you're the one he cheated on Summer with. Like, why is that tea? This nigga cheats on all of you. I don't even understand what she thought she was doing with that. I'm going private and I'm gonna go live and give you all a rundown. I'm on you next, Megamind. I don't know if she ever did this live, by the way, because I never certainly saw no clips of her talking. But she had a lot more to say. And for everyone saying, call the police, yeah, all that's documented, but a kid doesn't get locked up or even talked to. Shensei's son is seven, by the way. Bear this in mind. Like, of course he's not going to get locked up. He's a seven-year-old. And I feel like this is very... What she's alluding to is, like, this is so wrong to put a child in this situation. Even if, if it is true. And I'm inclined to... I don't know. Honestly, I'm trying to figure out. I feel like surely she's not going to go this. I can't imagine making this up or trying to put something like this out there when there's absolutely no validity or truth to it. That she's really fucked up if that is the case, because that's so evil and wicked to do that to a child if it is not true. So I'm inclined to believe there is some truth in it, but I feel like her motives are not good with putting it on social media anyway because it's not going to get sorted out this way this is not helping your daughter and if it is true it's very unfortunate that now your daughter has to deal with that confusion and and trauma but he's a child too so he doesn't understand what he's doing and for everyone saying call the police yeah all that's documented but a kid doesn't get locked up or even talked to so I go to the adults that were in charge and responsible, they just don't care and try to sweep things under the rug, then I'll make sure that nobody messes with mine again, I'm speaking up. Ebony has also included some text between her and London on the track where she's talking to him about this incident. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing because we'll just it'll just take forever, but the main things are he's basically saying that he doesn't believe her, Paris, the, the child, and that she's lying and she needs to go on punishment. I, that is the wrong, wrong road to take. I feel like if you are being a hands-on good parent, you should always take that kind of thing seriously when your child is saying it. I'm trying to figure out whether London Jen, because I know he said she's lying as in speaking about Paris, because he said she needs to go on punishment. But I feel like maybe in his head, he thinks the baby mother's lying. I don't know. But I feel like that kind of thing you should always take seriously. You should always assume it's true. Because really, kids don't really lie about stuff like this. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Do you know what I mean? They don't know what, they're not that, their mind is not that educated on sex yet. So I, for me, 
if my five-year-old is saying that somebody touched her somewhere or something, someone did something to her, I'm gonna believe her because how will she know what that is to make up? So I feel like that was definitely the wrong road to take, but I, we know that this guy's not a hands-on baby dad, so that didn't really surprise me, but it did like upset me for, for Paris if she is saying these things. But Ebony is also not handling this the right way. And in one of the messages, this is really the other main part that I noticed, is where she's texting him, London on track saying Paris doesn't want to answer me and she's not like tell her to call me she's not answering her phone and then she says Paris doesn't want to talk to you go play the piano somewhere so she's referencing a video of Shensei and London on track where they were playing the piano and she, or he was playing the piano and Shensei was singing recently so she's obviously talking about that video so that might make me think oh are you more upset about that really Basically the same shit as what happened with Summer Walker that you're really upset because this man don't want you and he's got another woman That that's really what seems to be the problem because I don't really like believe I didn't believe when the part where she said that she wanted Paris to call her mum just because I don't really picture many Women like I feel like that's always some weird shit like some older woman does whenever she meets a new man that has a family already like oh you can call me mom like I just I don't picture like a young woman with her own child coming into you know like starting to see a man that has kids and being like oh you can call me mum like that's just some weird shit like I don't feel like there's there's many like younger women that have their own children that would behave like that but that's just it's just hard for me to picture that but maybe she's right but I just I don't feel like there's many women that actually really do that um so I did find that hard to believe I just feel like she's trying to paint Shensaya as a weirdo but yeah as usual I just feel like Ebony is handling this in the wrong way and it does make me wonder whether or not she would make this up. I sincerely hope that, I don't know whether to hope that it's made up or not, so obviously I hope it didn't happen, but I, I find it like surely you wouldn't be that wicked and cruel and vindictive to say that or imply that, because she never actually said it, but it obviously does sound like she's accusing Shensei's son, who is seven years old, I don't know if I mentioned that, of, you know, doing something inappropriate to her child Paris, who is five. So, I really, I, I just think that regardless of whether it's true or not, she's gone about things the wrong way by taking it to social media because that's not going to help her child. What really needs to happen is she needs to have a serious, I understand that she tries to get in touch with Shinsei according to her and her people, but I can't imagine that she did it in a way that anyone, she probably did it like this, do you know what I mean? Like with threats and stuff like that, which I understand you feeling angry, but if you didn't, Go, like people are not really gonna feel like you're that credible of a source especially when they see that you've done stuff online and and acted up where it comes to London on the track and his girlfriends before you need to approach it in a rational way and I feel like she probably didn't do that which is why she never heard that from Shensei's people or, or Shensei herself but taking it to social media is like what is the point in that like I really really just feel like she could have found a way to approach Shensei in person. She could have figured out a way. If she can find London, she could probably find her. So I feel like that would have been a better way to go about it. But I really hope it's not something she just made up to make Shensei look bad because if she did, she's a bitch for that. Like, that's a cruel, horrible thing to do. So yeah. I couldn't tell you which I think is more likely, to be honest with you. My, my optimism <laughs> and wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt is saying that perhaps there is some truth in there. She just is handling it in the wrong way and is making me wonder whether she actually has her child's best interests at heart or if she's just using it as a way to get to London on a track somehow. But, uh, but 
Who's to say? Coincidentally, it was Shensei's son's birthday a couple days later. So she posted a, a reel of a few videos and photos of them. And the caption says, happy seventh birthday to my young king, my favorite person in the world, a forever friend, my peace. I enjoy working my ass off for you because you make me so proud. I never knew what it meant to love till I was blessed with you. A kid like you make me want to have five more. Ain't nothing gonna slide as long as I'm alive when it comes to you, boy. I love you so much and I'm happy that you never doubt that because you believe it. You're my lifeline king. Oh, that's so cute. So a lot of people feel like ain't nothing gonna slide as long as I'm alive when it comes to you that that was a subliminal to Ebony because she said something similar about nothing's ever gonna slide, like some, something like that. She, those are her kind of words that she used in one of her stories. So a lot of people felt like that was a subliminal to her. Shensei is good in my opinion for handling it privately because I find it very, very difficult to handle this privately once you've taken it public, something of this nature. But that is another thing that does kind of solidify my you know thoughts that there's probably some kind of truth to it i just feel like yes she's you know i don't like to use the stereotype but the, she is a bit of a mother let, let's be real like for me it was when she told us that london on the track offered to pay her child support money if she would drag summer on social media i said you're such a bird like you're such a bird for that like that you would actually take like you would allow him to barter with you in what making his girl look bad to give you money he already owes you and you're proudly saying this like you're such a bird so from there i was like yeah you're just a bit of baby mother basically and i sympathize with them because london trap is a, is a deadbeat de baby daddy and we don't rate those but at the same time it's like sis please please do something with your life other than this so i think bearing that in mind it was easy for people to be like she's probably lying but i just feel like she's also a mother like i surely i don't think she would completely pull this out of her ass, surely. And the fact that Shensei never said anything publicly makes me feel like maybe there is some truth to it, because surely you'd be like, you're a fucking liar, my son didn't do shit, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you would be doing all of that, because you're not going to say that about my child publicly, and there's absolutely no truth in it, you know? Shensei's baby father also weighed in and had some things to say. This is the first time I've seen this nigga, by the way. He's very fine, very fine, has some really nice lips. Shame he's probably not eating nothing with them, but is what it is. Um, so yeah, he basically said, I'm not going to post the whole clip, but he basically said that this is the wrong way to handle it and that he's a child and if this really is true, then they should sit him down and teach him what's right and what's wrong and that he's basically just kind of copying what he sees in his surroundings. So I don't know where he was trying to imply that because Shensei is a dancehall artist and, you know, it's quite sexual then you know he's probably seeing some stuff and not really understanding what it is and kind of just copying the behavior or or just experimenting because people really don't like to admit or try to understand that children are curious about sex at, at a very young age it starts very young and i think some people really don't like to bear that in mind because they're so young it's like no that's crazy but i i do feel like it is it would behoove a lot of parents to kind of try to talk to them, not early, early, but, you know, like, normalise having conversations about, you know, people not 
to being able like whether it's someone your age or older like not touching you in certain areas you not touching people in certain areas because kids are like they they do get curious about it and they don't understand what it is that they're doing it's it's not you know then this is why i think it was wrong for ebony to react the way she did because it's not child molestation because he's also a child but at the same time it is trauma for her and it is kind of molestation it's, it's a weird one it's such a complex one and i feel like i probably should have said trigger warning now that i'm thinking about it in the beginning but yeah i, I just feel like that was kind of what the baby father was trying to imply that people just need to sit him down and, and help him understand what it is and i agree and to cap it all off a couple of days ago shensea posted this on her story saying i'm single because i'm not settling so i don't know whether she wasn't satisfied with the way london on the track handled all of this they might have had completely separate issues before this who knows but it is right after all this happened so it makes me think that she either wasn't happy with the way things went down and the way he handled it or it just went left like it just got mad messy and she's like you know what i ain't trying to do all of this like this is a lot like fuck this kind of thing because when when you are involved with someone who like fair enough i know he didn't do anything but where it's like your baby mother's now like doing this with my child like I, it's just not really a relationship i want to be in i think at that point so but but the fact that she said i'm not settling means that he behaved in a way that she didn't like at some point so i don't know if it was to do with this i would even wonder whether it's you know the way he spoke to ebony about it because me personally even if my son did do it me seeing that that's how you handle it with your child i have an issue with that like that's not a good way to handle it at the end of the day your daughter's telling you that it's something very serious so i really don't know or it could be something completely separate but either way it sounds like shensea has decided that she does not want to be future baby mother number five and i am delighted about that because from when she got with him and yes they've never been out here saying that they're a couple but it was kind of obvious if you are a fan of Shensei and you follow the blogs and you see what's going on. It was kind of obvious that's her man. So yeah, I am happy for Shensei if that is the case and her and London track are fully done because she does deserve better. I mean, ain't nobody got time for that bullshit at the end of the day. So good for her. I got hot sauce in my bag, swag. And that is the end of Hot Topics. So it's time for reality. So this is the segment that I'm so happy to bring back because it's so much fun to do. And this was a perfect week to bring it back because, oh my God, the mess on Real Housewives of Potomac. And that's all we're gonna talk about. So reality is basically the segment where I talk about what's been going on on the reality shows and you know in the actual world as well. Because the fun thing about getting involved with reality shows is that you see the cast members reacting and saying stuff in real time that makes the show more interesting to watch. So that's what's been happening of late with Real Housewives of Potomac. It's mainly what's been transpiring on the show with Mia and Wendy. I'm not even gonna break down the fight. We already know why we're here. We know what happened. Let's just get straight on to the person who started all this bullshit in the first place, Patricia Thomas. <sighs> this is what you need to do. You need to stay out of women business. You are causing problems. You are the only husband, boyfriend, fiance that gets involved in women business. We happen to like Peter a whole lot better than Patricia. Yeah. What woman business was I getting you involved? You always involved. What we do as women is between yeah. us. You need to roll with these fellas and not try to roll with these women. I don't women. roll with nobody. Baby. Okay, well, you Peter need to Thomas. stop trying to roll with the women, okay? okay? You need to stay out of women business. You stop trying to be a damn bitch. 
So once again, as I mentioned before, Lanethia Leakes was right again. I'm sure this came up last week. I don't even remember why because I'm sure I wasn't talking about Peter at all, but I feel like I said this very recently on the show that when Nini said that at the time, I didn't feel like she said anything that was like, yeah, it wasn't nice, but it wasn't untrue. So I <laughs> was reacting like, oh, Nini's so terrible for saying that. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not nice. But if you don't want to get called that, stop seeing yourself in women's business like do you know what i mean he was acting like a woman i'm sorry so <laughs> like he was acting like he was a, a, a housewife so i was like it was like <sighs> and now look at him once again in a different city on potomac where he's not even married to any of these women and again he is in women's business it's very icky very icky and now look what he started oh my god <laughs> i just i cannot this all started from here Yes, Mia took it left, because to be fair to Peter, I don't think that you would assume that even with knowing that you were starting mess by doing what you're doing, I don't think he thought it would go that far because Mia was acting like a crazy person, but that's neither here nor there. So speaking of her, let's get on to Mia now. Remember last week I said, I know I said this last week, where I'm kind of side-eyeing Mia, like I didn't really dislike her, like, before this episode, it felt like a little dramatic to say I really don't like her because she was annoying, but she hadn't really done anything that was like, oh my God, I really don't fuck with you. You know what I mean? Like, so I was just kind of side-eyeing her, like, what are you about to do? Like, I feel like you're about to do something to make me not like you, but ultimately I don't really not like you yet. And look, she did it so much quicker than I anticipated that she would. I mean, we knew that it was gonna happen. We saw in the trailer that she was gonna throw a drink on Wendy at some point. We saw last episode where they said coming up next week that she was gonna hit her with the purse. But to actually see how the altercation went about, it was like, this is all highly unnecessary, so stupid. You really made yourself look like a fool. And the only reason why she threw a drink in Wendy's face is because Mia is stupid. And I, I'm literal when I say this. I'm saying she's literally dense. She couldn't spar with Wendy verbally. So she threw a drink in her face. <laughs> like, that was really what it came down to, is that you're not smart. You couldn't think of anything to say. So you threw a drink in her face for no reason. Because she was not, like, Wendy didn't do anything to her to make her upset enough to be throwing drinks if you guys notice from the beginning before wendy even really did anything mia was like wendy don't start like wendy was really doing something when where she said i don't beef with men you can call my husband something to that effect and Mia was like don't start because that's my family i was like she didn't do anything what do you mean don't start <laughs> like yeah i don't care who it is i don't beef with men so if he's insisting he has beef with me he can call my husband if it's that serious. I don't know what you're talking about. So from before it even really went in that direction, Mia was already prepared to start a fight over Peter Thomas. Then she's saying, oh, you have a contract, this and that. You didn't call him when you got to Miami. She was sounding like a weirdo. But that's why Wendy was like, what do you mean he's not my man? Why don't I call him? Because I come into town. And bear in mind that Wendy was not coming so she said this actually that she's not coming into town for business and she didn't know she was going to bar one now this might be obviously we know in reality shows they sometimes know ahead of time and they act like they don't on the show but i really don't know like they they might have last minute decided to go to bar one and wendy didn't know that it was always a plan because it's mia's trip and she was obviously trying to set up mess who knows it, it could have been something that they just were sprung on on that day but either way 
She don't have to call that nigga when she comes into Miami. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and on top of that, it seems like the version of events that Peter gave Mia is not even accurate because Wendy showed the receipts in her interview saying, or in her confessional, where she'd asked Peter to do a site visit and he said, I'll see. And he never got back to her after that. So on top of that, Patricia is even capping. So <laughs> you look stupid times two at this point. And then now you are throwing drinks over Peter, which is exactly why Wendy said that you're sleeping with him because I've never in my life heard of a woman throwing drinks over a man she's not sleeping with. That is the weirdest shit I've ever heard of. So Mia is insisting that the comment that makes her throwing the drink at Wendy justified is when Wendy said, maybe that's how you and your husband play, but me and my husband don't play like that in terms of like, why would I need to call Peter when I reach Miami, we, like the only man I need to call when I come to a different city is my husband. Maybe that's how you and your husband do things, that's how not we. And that is such a, I'm sorry, but you are clutching at straws. That was so obviously not really intended to be a shot like that. It's just kind of like, you're going back and forth with me about the fact that it's weird that I didn't call Peter. And I'm trying to tell you, it's weird that you think I'm entitled, that Peter is entitled to a phone call just because I'm in Miami. Maybe that's how you and your husband do things because it seems so normal to you, but that's not how we and my husband, like that was clearly what she was kind of trying to say. It was a little bit of a shot, just slightly, just because obviously Mia has spoken about her and her husband and the fact that they do do things like that sexually. But ultimately you can't really be, like you can't be that open about your experiences. And I understand that it's, you know, you don't like people making you feel bad about things that you do with your time, but it's like, you know that you're gonna, if you're, on, or you're on a show like Housewives, you know you're gonna get those shots from time to time. You cannot try and convince me that that was enough, that that hurt your feelings enough, that throwing a drink seemed like the only appropriate response in your mind. That is not true. You're just stupid and you started a stupid fight. So you didn't have anything else to say. So you threw a drink to escalate things and be like, well, I'm just gonna try and get her to act in a way that's, you know, belligerent or like, you know, basically get her to a place where we can really, really be like, wow, you fucked up, Wendy, you did this to Mia. But Wendy, good for her. She kept cool, calm, collected, way calmer and more collected than I would have been if she threw a drink in my face like that. You could tell she was really shocked that she did it and she got angry throughout, because you know when you deep something even more, like you're really, really processing the disrespect, like, no, nah, this bitch really just threw a drink in my face. That's why she kept going off, calling her a raggedy bitch and all of this, because she was getting angry. She was like, nah, this bitch really threw a drink at me over Peter Thomas. What is happening? So I feel like Wendy controlled herself and handled herself really well. It was a testament to the fact that she really meant what she said when the whole Candice Monique thing happened, that if something happened to her, I mean, I didn't agree with her stance for the whole Monique thing, and we'll get onto that, but it really was proof that she really, really meant what she said, that she really like is behind her real raps because she, I think, composed herself really well. So that's why I really didn't like the fact that Potomac included that little disclaimer about Johns Hopkins is not affiliated with Real Housewives of Potomac at the end like we don't know that like we don't think <laughs> like we think that you're the same or something I felt like that was it I, I maybe that was just a disclaimer because Johns Hopkins wanted it but I just feel like that was I it kind of made Wendy look bad in a way like she was the one who didn't who did act in the way that she should have and I really didn't like that because I think that she composed herself like you she composed herself the best way you can expect someone to in a situation where someone has kind of attacked them and they they you know are not in a position where they want to respond 
in a way that most people would want to. Because most people, if you throw a drink in their face, we are fighting. Like, what do you mean? That's the first, that's the first swing at the end of the day. It might not be actual physical hands on me, but you don't throw a drink in somebody's face unless you want to fight, in my opinion. And Mia did want to fight. She fully like got up. She was like, get up from the fucking table, Wendy. Like she was trying to provoke her into a fight. And I just feel like it's so pathetic because she did not say anything about your husband. Even Wendy was confused at first. She was like, nobody said anything about your husband because that wasn't meant to be like a real shot like that. That was just meant to be like, why are you pressing me about calling Peter? Maybe that's who you and your husband do things. That's not how we do things over here. I'm not calling Peter when I come to a new city. So it was just like, oh my God, this dickhead. <laughs> Well, it's been quite a week for Mia and the Green Eyed Bandits. They have been getting cooked all week online about this. And it's well deserved. Yes, I'm laughing about it because it is well deserved. And it's very interesting to see it play out online and to see people's opinions with this because usually when there's an altercation, altercation, usually when there's an altercation on a housewife show, you'll get some people on one housewife side you'll get some people on the other housewife side and then you get the people in the middle on this one it's literally just mia stands and fools who are not on wendy's side because you can't be you, you can't be making sense and not be on wendy's side wendy literally did nothing let's say she even didn't call peter like i mean she didn't call me sorry let's say she hadn't got back to Peter after he sent the contract, da, da, da. Literally none of that had anything to do with Mia. She was not justified in even bringing that up. And yes, obviously Housewives is a show where they start mess, but the mess needs to make sense. Like we need to be able to back you a little bit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it can't just be nonsense. Like she was making herself look so stupid at that table. And that's why we'll get onto this a little bit later, but you cannot convince me that that was not a setup to try and get Wendy to act in a way that they knew that she didn't want to. The way Giselle and Robin were backing her every moment, always interjecting, were like, oh, well, that's true. I'm like, oh, this is obviously a sell because you lot can't try and convince me that anything this bitch is saying is making any sense. <laughs> like, they kept backing her, like, where she brought up her husband and Mia was like, it's a, like, why are you talking about your husband? This is business. And Giselle was like, that's weird. I'm like, no, what's weird is that we're at dinner and you girls are acting like we're at a business meeting. That's what's weird. <laughs> that's what's weird. Like, why does my business with anybody concern any of you bitches? But anyway, we will get on to all of that. Wendy has been very grateful for all the love and support that I'm sure she's had online. She said, hey y'all, these past few days have been crazy, but just wanted to say that I see you and I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm forever grateful for the outpouring of love and support. Sending you all my deepest gratitude and biggest hug. Very sweet. But yeah, Wendy was um, obviously very grateful and overwhelmed at the amount of support that she had online. And I feel like it's because they've obviously been bullying her and not one person had her back. And Eddie actually mentioned that as well because Eddie has been tweeting up a storm over the last week, well, on that day that the episode came out, in support and solidarity for his wife. Obviously kind of doing more than he usually would in terms of the amount of tweets and stuff he was saying Because it literally was like nobody was backing Wendy like Karen was on you know trying to back Mia and Wendy in some respect, which I feel like People were trying to say Karen was wrong. I don't think she's wrong They're doing the whole thing that they did with Monique all over again. She's not wrong, but at the same time I feel like she really shouldn't have even been saying that Wendy was wrong for saying that thing about her husband because that thing about her husband was was so light. It wasn't serious. So I feel like 
I don't think that it, this is a situation where there's wrong on both sides. So I feel like Karen should have just said, why are you throwing a drink in her face? But that's just me. I, ultimately, she's Wendy, she's Mia and Wendy's friend, so I do understand. But Ashley was also trying to be on her side. She was actually on her side. You can tell Ashley really did not agree with what Mia did. But I saw her face that she pulled at the end when Wendy said that thing about the fact that they're being hypocrites because their stance with this is completely contradicting their stance with what happened with Monique and Candice. I saw Ashley's face. So she's not on her side enough as I'd like her to be. So yeah, Eddie clearly clocked this when watching the show. At one point he tweeted saying, why are they so concerned about another woman's business opportunities? The hate is real and somebody replied saying not one person had wendy's back not one and eddie eddie replied saying that probably hurt the most to watch to be honest because wendy does not deserve this treatment it's it's really weird like you can there's dislike but then it comes to a point where it's like at what point is it bullying you know that that's kind of the place they're at because it's like the way they're treating Wendy and then they're gaslighting her when she reacts, like her reaction is wrong. By the way, it's clear from Mia's reaction and response online that she's still not really apologetic about her actions. She just probably is embarrassed because she knows she looks stupid, but she's not actually sorry. So she tweeted on the Monday saying, reactivated to say, my actions towards Wendy were intolerable. It's unfortunate that you will all attack my family, friends and my business based on an edited TV show. While I was committed to drama and entertainment, I must do what's best for brand and partners. Much love, Mia. I take full accountability. I was wrong. No one deserves to be treated with disrespect. I'm sorry I let you all down. So notice two things in that statement. Number one, she's really not sorry at all. She said she takes full accountability. So that means she's acknowledging that she's wrong, but she's not actually sorry to Wendy. She doesn't regret throwing the drink. She doesn't feel like she treated her in a way that was undeserved that much is clear because she's not saying that in her statement fair enough she might have said that to her since then she might be about to say that on the reunion but i feel like it's more likely because she has no choice because if people more people were backing her and saying she was justified with her actions she wouldn't be sorry so i feel like it's not a genuine apology at the end of the day i'm always that person that says if you're not truly sorry, don't say sorry because nobody wants a fake apology. And I still stand by that. If she's not really sorry, cool. But I feel like it kind of says a lot about you and who you are as a person. If you feel like throwing a drink in someone's face who hasn't done anything to you, who hasn't really offended you, who didn't do anything to you and, and threatening to fight them, like hitting them with a bag. If you really feel like all those actions are justified just because you don't like that person, you've got some work to do on yourself. That, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. And she also jumped straight into being a victim. Right after she said her actions were intolerable, she said, oh, my family, my friends are businesses, like you're all attacking them. It's like you jumped straight to being a victim when you're the aggressor and you're the one at fault, which is exactly what she did on the show, where she was crying and about breaking a nail. Like she didn't break her own nail with her stupidity. Like, why should we be crying because we broke your nail? If you don't go home, and I knew she was never going home, by the way. She was fully, fully just cry, cry, crying just for attention, waiting for Jacqueline or Giselle or somebody to come chase her and beg her to stay. I said, if you don't get this childish woman away from me. Oh, Mia pissed me off this week. She pissed me off. And she also posted this little statement, which I'm sure was also for attention. I'm sure she's not going to quit. But she said, I had to make you uncomfortable. Otherwise, you would have never moved. God. By the way, there was a comment under this that said, whoever be writing these quotes and just be signing God's name, you're going to have to deal with him at the pearly gates. And I laughed out loud when I saw this because I literally thought that when I, I said, who be writing these things and just saying God? <laughs> like, 
who does that? But anyway, she posted that on her story and then she posted a quote from herself, when you had to fight your whole life to make it out, you no longer remain in places that brought out what you worked so hard to overcome. For the sake of my children, my family, friends, staff, and business partners, I have to move on. Oh, well, whatever. She said, oh my life, I had to fight. Mia, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You did this to yourself. Like, fair enough. She's kind of taking responsibility in that. Like, she did that. But, like, it's like, oh, girl, why are you playing the victim like this? Like, why? I, it just really irritates me. If she, like, I would have a shred of respect for her if she'd seen all this and said, for, like, I would have done a whole IG live and been like, Wendy did not deserve that. She did not deserve that treatment. Yes, she annoys me. Yeah, like, she has things with her, because really what it comes down to is, those bitches are jealous of Wendy and they're just little things in her personality like, that she doesn't like. She is quite defensive, she's loud. And when she gets going, when she has to read you her, she's gonna stay at a certain volume and she's gonna keep going. And they find it hard to keep up with her because she's a CNN commentator, four degrees, as she keeps reminding us. She's an intelligent babe. She will best you in a verbal argument. And that's what they can't stand because that's what Housewives is at the end of the day. It's besting someone in a verbal argument. And they don't like her, like they, they just get annoyed by her, but they're also jealous. Like she's got that perfect, well-rounded family. She got several businesses. She's intelligent. She's a beautiful woman. Like Wendy has so many assets and so many things going for her. They're just haters. They are haters. And it's so pathetic that their dislike of her is so, so deep that they will feel like this is justified and that she was being antagonistic. Let's get on to Robin's raggedy ass. Because like I said, Mia, Giselle, and Robin have been getting cooked. And Robin has been getting cooked harder than anyone I feel like. In my side of the timeline, it's hard to say. I feel like Robin and Giselle kind of like, they kind of get tarred with the same paintbrush because they're always on the same side backing each other. So there almost is no difference. But the way Robin was recording her, yeah, she got a lot of smoke this week and it was deserved. How dare you record, and she was only recording Wendy's actions by the way, how dare you record me while I'm reacting to having a drink thrown in my face and dare say that because I'm arguing and calling you names as I fucking should, because you can be all the creative face bitches and raggedy bitches in the world after you throw a drink in my face and you calling me antagonistic, like her throwing a drink on me didn't antagonize all of this in the first place. And you, for you to be recording saying, oh she said, it was like she was mocking her. Like she was trying to, you cannot convince me that this was not a setup. They were trying to make Wendy angry. They were trying to provoke her. They were trying to get her to act in a way that was physical. And she almost didn't. I don't even blame her because Wendy kept trying her. She was, uh, not Wendy, sorry, Mia kept trying her. She kept putting a finger in her face and she said, I let you slide with the motherfucking drink. And you could tell from when she got up to, I let you slide. And she said, listen, it's taking all my patience for me not to swing on you right now. If you don't get that finger <laughs> like she was being so serious. And I'm so glad that security got involved and was like, don't let her do this to you. Like, do not get her out. I love that guy. I was like, oh, they must be really be cool. Because the way he was like talking her out, I was like, yes, she needed that in that moment. Because at the end of the day, Wendy's got a lot going on for herself. She definitely doesn't need to get caught up with anything that she knows will be a problem for herself later on. And that's why they are trying to get her to that place. So Robin, amidst all the backlash, spoke to Today.com and this is what she had to say. Dixon tells Today.com, Mia was wrong for throwing the drink. I wish she didn't do it. But my thing with Wendy was I really wanted her to stop because I didn't want her to do something that she would regret that jeopardized her job or her reputation. Oh really? That's what it was giving? That's what it was giving, RDZ? Okay, whatever. Dixon continues, 
I explained to her that you have more to lose than Mia. When I'm telling her you're being antagonistic, I'm telling her that because I'm saying you're gonna make her do something that you don't want her to do because you don't wanna be caught up in it. So that was my whole point and I'm obsessed that they didn't really express that. Okay, and here Robin is talking about the parallels that have been drawn with this situation and the whole Candice Monique fight from season five. She said, I don't even understand the comparison. To me, it was two totally different things. In my opinion, throwing water in someone's face is messed up. But to equate it with Monique grabbing Candice and punching her multiple times, I just couldn't make the connection. It didn't turn into that situation. Like we weren't like, oh my God, Mia's horrible or Wendy did this. It wasn't one of those things where we were taking sides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what were you doing? This bitch is acting like we are blind when we sit at our TV screens. I can't. It was just like, okay, this has got to stop, Dixon added. With the Monique, but you weren't saying stop to Mia though. So what are you talking about? You were absolutely taking sides because you never once looked at Mia's direction and told her to chill out, her to stop. You were just telling Wendy to stop, like she wasn't the victim of this situation. So no, you weren't like that actually. With the Monique thing, the violence was not okay, but I was more upset about what happened afterward with the social media, the manipulation, the lying and all of that. See, this is one of those moments where I wonder whether Robin is really playing, if she's playing dumb or she's really slow. Like, I don't, when I read that, I was like, are you actually stupid? Like, are you really stupid or are you just playing dumb? Because I'm really trying to figure it out because most of the time I just, I assume that she's just acting dumb. Like, she's not as stupid as she acts. But when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, I feel like you might really be in your house. Like, I don't understand the correlation. Okay, let me clear it up for you, Robin. Yes, the fights were not similar. You know why they weren't similar? Because with the, with the Monique and Candice fight, my opinion is the exact same as it was then. I even re-watched the fight recently. Just, you know, obviously this getting brought up again. I was just, I'm like, I wonder if I would see it now and feel differently. I don't. Yes, Monique was wrong for being as physical and violent towards Candice as she was in that, in that altercation. She should have had more control over herself, absolutely. But let's stop acting like this was a situation where Monique just randomly rushed Candice. That's not what happened. It wasn't an attack. They both were getting confrontational and in each other's faces. Candice actually brought up the whole idea of being physical first. She said, you, you're gonna drag me? When you're like provoking me like that, I'm assuming you're on it. So if I now drag you, you can't cry and press charges and act like a victim. I'm sorry, like it just doesn't go that way. It was an altercation that happened that went way too far. Monique should control herself. She was more wrong because she was the one that was thumping Candace in her head. It's not funny, I'm sorry, but it, it, what's funny to me is the notion of people really don't get that some people will actually do it. Some people talk about doing it like they'll do it, like Candace, and some people will actually do it like Monique. That's what happened. So in that situation, both were wrong, but Monique was more wrong. And then how Candace acted afterwards got irritating to me because you're not a victim. But yeah, that was the Monique-Candace situation. That was an altercation gone wrong. They were both engaging in it. They were both physically confrontational before the fight popped off. The Mia-Wendy situation, Wendy was sitting there minding her business, waiting for her food to arrive, and Mia started a stupid fight out of nowhere, which she was losing, so she threw a drink in her face to try and up the ante. So if you really want to say, you know, there's a difference between the fights, that's how it's different, which means that your reaction to it is even more wrong, and that's why the correlation has been drawn, because your reaction to the fight contradicts your reaction to the Monique situation, because we know that you were never really, really upset about what Monique did, like that to the extent that you were making out you lot were acting like she threw Candace down a flight of stairs or something like you were so OD about it 
and Wendy herself, so we'll talk about that because it is interesting that this is now happening to her and this is exactly why it was annoying to me where she went so hard at Monique when she was the new girl because so I was like, sis, it is not that deep, she did not fight you if you don't just sit there and be impartial like I'm begging you and now it's very clear to everyone in this reaction to the Mia Wendy situation that it's really not a case of violence being deplorable and inexcusable to you. That's never what it was about. You just didn't like Monique and you used that as a reason to get her off the show, which is now exactly what you're doing to Wendy. Ah, <sighs> disgusting. Because now all of a sudden, violence is okay sometimes. Now all of a sudden, Wendy's whole personality is asking for a drink thrown in her face and for a purse being swung at her. Why? I don't know, but you sound foolish and it's very very obvious that you lot are hella biased and it's gone beyond bias at this point to the point where you're bullying Wendy because how can you really in one breath be saying that somebody is at fault and they asking for what's happening to them and then whenever they react now they're the aggressor it's, it's so horrible like I really really don't, didn't like the way they were treating Wendy so Robin that's why the fight has got brought up again not because the altercations are similar but because your reaction contradicts the way you acted with Monique that's why you're a hypocrite that's why. Wendy actually responded to her statement to today.com and said, a lot of people are pulling out PR stunts today, three whole days and this is the best they could come up with, laughing emoji. And yeah, it is given PR because Robin never expects her to look that bad. And I think also people are kind of comparing it to what happened with the um, Shaquille Robinson situation. I feel like if I were Robin, I'd be like, okay, now you guys are doing a bit too much, but I can understand why people immediately think that because in that situation, so so terrible every time i think about that like my heart just like caves in it's just like oh so disgusting and horrible for that to happen to her and i pray that her parents receive justice i'm sure they will but i i do understand why people are kind of thinking that because in that situation somebody was recording their friend getting beaten up and not doing anything about it and kind of mocking them from the sidelines behind the phone and that's essentially similar to what it was giving with robin recording yeah obviously when he was getting beaten up and it wasn't a situation as 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 disgusting as that but Robin was taunting her. Let's not act like she was trying to help her, like she lied to today.com and said that that's what she was trying to do. You were, you were trying to antagonize her by calling her antagonistic, the gaslighting of it all. And it was kind of like, if you're gonna get over there and fight, get over there and fight. If you're not going to, then shut up kind of thing. Like you were taunting her and you were mocking her, you were, you were doing it to get her madder. So it's like, I think now Robin is, is yeah, is having to, do, but that was a terrible cleanup. <laughs> like, as Wendy said, like, that's the best you could come up with after these three days? Sis, maybe she is stupid. Like, I'm sorry, like, it, it's just given you're not that smart. <laughs> you're just a bitch, but you're not smart. Like, because I, I can't, I can't, I feel like she was also alluding to the fact that she said one or two more things that production maybe cut out, which might be true, but let's also not act like you had good intentions by recording her. So we can't act like you were trying to guide her or encouraging her or, or encourage her in a positive way at all, because at the end of the day, you were doing it while you were recording her, which was to antagonize her, so. So speaking of the whole Wendy Candace situation, the neighborhood talk didn't talk to Monique this week because obviously they're wondering what her thoughts were. It says, during Mia Thornton and Wendy Osefa's altercation, Wendy name dropped Monique to call out Giselle Bryant's hypocrisy of condoning violence in this situation, but condemning Monique for her fight against Candace Dillard in season five. Monique claims that though she doesn't watch the show, she's not surprised at some of the ladies' actions. She says that she applauds Wendy for keeping her composure, but she told her at the season five reunion that she would be next for ridicule and lo and behold, she was 100% correct. 
I don't know the entire story, but I applaud Wendy for not getting physical as I did after I was hit in the face with a glass, she said exclusively to TNHT. She had every reason to defend herself after being splashed in the face and then apparently hit with a purse, and she chose to use her words instead. One thing Wendy said to me back then at Karen's home was that she would never get physical. She would use her words. Clearly, she lived up to that statement in that moment. I told her at the next season five reunion, she and her family would be next. The hate with some of these women is not for the camera. They're real life miserable. One thing Wendy should understand is that it's not about her actions or lack thereof. She could have sat there quietly and they would have still found a reason to ice her out. The same ladies who have told me words or even antagonizing someone is not grounds for getting physical are defending a person who got physical over Peter Thomas. Lol. Just wow. And I completely agree with Monique, everything she said. And it also doesn't surprise me that Giselle and Robin are real life miserable. That shows, uh, that really shows in their treatment of Wendy and Monique. They're jealous of both of them. Let's be real, Wendy and Monique are successful in slightly different ways, but there's a lot of similarities in them and their lives. They're both beautiful women that show up in a very confident way. Monique is very articulate and well-spoken and very confident and shows up that way whenever she speaks to you or, you know, addresses us <laughs> as the viewers. Wendy is the same. She's very intelligent and she uses her degrees and her intelligence to propel her as she should. She has, they both have beautiful, well-rounded families, husbands that will rush to back them in a second. Like, they, they, there's similarities in them, even though there are different women. And I believe that a lot of those qualities are the reasons that Robin and Giselle are so jealous of them. Because let's be real, they keep acting like they're justified to not like Wendy because of the things that they said, she said about them last season. Like, you guys started it. <laughs> you came for her family first, so she then came for your family. And I do see some people say that she wasn't justified to go at Robin like she did last season and won because she really had the beef with Giselle. But it's like, if you guys haven't noticed, Robin stays on Giselle's dick. So if that's where she wants to be, then she can get this smoke when we're arguing. If she don't want that smoke, then she should shut the fuck up and stay out of it. This is really that simple. And I said that last, last year, I'm sure, in that season, I did a video where I addressed that. She stays getting involved in Giselle's drive-bys. So you're gonna get a shot, is what it is. But yeah, Candice also responded to Monique's thoughts because she got wind of it when Jay's reality blog posted about it on Twitter. So she replied saying, this bitch is still dot, dot, dot. No one hit you with the glass, let the lie go. The unemployment line will really have you saying anything for access to a check or the prospect of one. We are still bored. Which is so confusing because Monique is, she's got money and she's also on a reality show. So I didn't really get that. Like, you know, she's in a better position financially than you, Candice, if we're going to talk about it. So I just don't really understand the point that she was trying to make. But hey, you know, it happened to both of them. Monique is entitled to speak on it whenever she wants or whenever someone asks her about it. And she's entitled to speak about it in response. It is what it is. I don't think that will ever not be her perspective. She'll always act like she's the victim of that situation. But sis, I really don't think you were. And I feel like Monique always takes accountability when she speaks about it. Because note in that statement, she said, she still kind of acknowledges that she was wrong for acting violently in that situation. But that a glass was throwing her direction, like that did happen. And it wasn't on purpose. Candace was just kind of trying to fight for her life at that point because she couldn't see anything. So I don't even blame Candace for that. It's an altercation that went wrong, as I described it as. They, it shouldn't have got to that point, but we're not gonna act like Candace didn't do anything, <laughs> is, is all I'm trying to say. But hey, I would actually really like to see Monique back. I don't think that will happen though. 
I've even seen her like do interviews speaking on Bravo as a franchise, not really saying anything, but you can tell that with the way the show is produced, she's not really happy about it. Obviously, people go on a reality show hoping to gain um, enough notoriety and, and use it as a marketing tool essentially to propel their businesses. But it doesn't always help you if you're not coming off in a positive light. And Anside Housewives is not the place for you to come off in a, in a positive light. But at the same time, I feel like with certain shows like Love and Marriage, they are going to highlight more of your family and the positive sides of you, um, as well as include the mess, purely because the show is about love and marriage. So they have to highlight the actual love and marriage, you know? Whereas Housewives, they really just want to centre the mess. And it's very easy for people to draw a negative opinion of you. So I feel like she probably won't want to come back. And financially, she really doesn't need the show. So... I would, uh, yeah, that, that might be wishful thinking. But it would be nice to, uh, Wendy, I would love you so much more if you just brought her on the show for one scene, just randomly. Just bring her to a brunch, really shake things up. Bring her to a dinner and don't tell anybody you're bringing her. Actually, no, don't do that because Candace is your friend and that wouldn't be nice. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Oh, uh, anyway, I would still love to see her and Candace sit down and try and work things out. So I actually think they're more similar than they are different. And they were really good friends before this happened. And a lot of it is because of Giselle. Giselle used Candace as a pawn to try and get Monique fired. That's all she was. And that's why she doesn't mind treating Candace so terribly this season. Because she never fought with Candace like that. Because I just feel like Giselle is just a naturally, she's just envious. She's just to her core, she's a jealous person. So I feel like she's always going to have slight resentment for somebody that she feels is one-upping her in some aspects, whether that be financially or in any other lane. I just feel like that's who she is. So you see that show up in the way that she treats people. And that's why Robin, she can kind of have her as a little sidekick because you know, Robin's life was a whole mess when she came on the show, if you guys remember. Her and Juan are not a thing, like, that's nothing to be envious about. You know, she can be comfortable with having Robin as her bestie. But, hey, even the way she stays coming for Karen, I feel like she's low-key jealous of Karen and Ray because Karen and Ray have something very solidified and genuine that she doesn't have. I just think she's just a hater. <laughs> it's just who she is. So, she never saw it for Candace and she was never backing Candace that that passionately because she liked her. She just wanted Monique off the show. So I'm glad that Candace is now seeing that, that she ain't shit. And yeah, there's that. So before I end the segment, it just seems like a good opportunity to address the whole issue of colorism on the show. What I will say is when you see the optics on the show play out, I think people sometimes that don't see it, they really misunderstand what people mean when they say colorism is, is taking place on the show. Because it's not as literal as all the light-skinned women hate Monique, Candice and Wendy. Like, that's not ha as literal as people are trying to paint it. I don't feel like Giselle and Robin and Karen and Ashley have a group chat where they talk about how much they're going to be mean to Wendy and, and Candice because they hate the dark-skinned girls. Like, th that's not what people are trying to say. But I think colorism is more of a contributing factor in the way they gaslight them in their reactions. That's what I see. I can only speak for what I see. And I really didn't even really notice it until Wendy came, actually, when they had that episode that she was upset because they went on a trip and they were upset. She was upset because they said that Ashley could bring her baby last minute and no one ever told her that she could bring her baby. And she was a newborn as well. She, she was her baby. And I think the girls were trying to say that she shouldn't have wanted to bring her baby that bad because it's her third child. But I was like, you know, like her child was premature. She was, you know, a newborn. Like, why would she not want to bring her if she had the opportunity? 
And Wendy was getting angry, and don't get me wrong, I didn't even like Wendy that season, and her reactions were a bit team too much, like in terms of like, oh, like you get hyped real quick kind of thing, like in the sense of, oh, we just kind of just brought it up and you're already getting angry. But you could tell that she was just extra defensive because she'd been studying Housewives before she got on the show, and she knew someone else was gonna, I think she's just an extra defensive person. I don't think she's trying to be too confrontational. I just think that that's just how she responds. But it did, it did come across that way. But when Ashley was trying to say that she was ferocious, and I think she said something like a beast. Like, I don't know, I don't want to say that without, but like, I think she said something, I'm sure she said the word beast in there somewhere. And I was like, whoa, like, why are you trying to act like she's extra aggressive? Because that's not what it was giving. Like, you guys are do just as much. You are just as confrontational. So you can't say that Wendy's being ferocious and all of this. And the way that they gaslight her reaction with Wendy, with uh, Mia as well, sorry. In this altercation, she's being antagonistic. She's being too much. Like, that's always kind of the narrative where it comes to Wendy. And Wendy is not aggressive. I don't feel like she's too confrontational. I feel like she just gets a little bit, you know, like, it's just defensive. That's how I see it, as defensiveness. I don't see it as her being jumping on you like it's it's not something that should make you intimidated or feel scared or or you know a little bit taken aback like but that's how they kind of try and paint it and then it gets Wendy and Candice sometimes it's harder to make a case for Candice for me because I've said that she because she goes too far with her re. she says stuff that it's like it's kind of like you do want that next step to be a fight because why are we going here? Like, why are we here? We're just arguing, but you take it up here so quickly and it doesn't need to go there. So it's harder to make a case for Candice, but I definitely think where it comes to Wendy, she they absolutely gaslight her and it does feel like it gets to a point where it gets, I can understand why it gets triggering to watch for some people because you're doing all of this to this girl, but then whenever she reacts, she's aggressive, she's too much, she's doing this. But I do definitely feel from watching the show that Robin and Giselle either take advantage of the fact that colorism is at play and use it against them, whether that be inadvertently or intentionally, or they genuinely are used to always painting darker skinned women as more of an aggressive type and they continue to do that with Wendy just because they don't like what she's got to say or they don't like the fact that she always has something to say when they go back and forth with her. But to paint a picture that Wendy is is too aggressive or confrontational, I, I just don't feel like it's accurate. And that is rooted in colorism for me, especially when you now factor in this situation with Mia. And you can't tell me that colorism wasn't at play with their reaction to this whole altercation, that, that what Mia was doing was no big deal. But let's, let's reverse it and say that Wendy did the exact same thing. Candace did the exact same thing. It would have been a totally different story and everybody knows it. So yeah, this is just a theory that not everyone sees or agrees with and that's okay. But I, I do feel like a little bit of it is at play. And like I said, their reasons of their vitriol towards them are rooted in other things. And they also probably just genuinely don't like them. But I feel like colorism is just a layer. It's just a little layer around it. That, that's how I look at it. Lastly, I will just say this, and I know us Housewives fans say this a lot, but we definitely need to get a new host for these reunions. I don't feel like it's that deep that Andy has to do it. He can still just be executive producer. I don't understand why it's by force that he has to be the host of these reunions. And I say that because after seeing how biased they were in Monique's last reunion after the whole fight thing, I just think that we're not gonna get what we need 
from this because the reason why reunions are so good is that you get that feeling of like oh I can't wait till the reunion because they're finally going to be held accountable for their actions and shit that they did in the show I can never get that with Real Housewives of Potomac so I always feel like he's always going to be biased in the direction of Giselle and Robin and I think that's because Giselle was essentially the nini of the show they might feel like it's in their best interest to keep her happy and go with what she suggests is best and kind of go with her narrative because she's the one that got all the, the group together and gets the girls. But I'm sorry, I honestly really don't care. It's just annoying to not even be excited for the reunion because I feel like he is going to conveniently breeze past the accountability section where it comes to Robin and Giselle or he'll say one or two things because what I will say is production have been including a lot of receipts to show that there's been a lot of lies so I feel like that has made uh opportunity that makes it very hard for them to skirt around it like they usually would so we might get a little bit that we're happy with but I feel like ultimately Andy is not going to give us what we need at these days doing that I actually recently watched Dr Heavenly collab with a YouTuber called House of Aaron I watch his content he's quite good I really like him and she said that he asked her a question about something that Andy said in the reunion and she said that she knows Andy really doesn't be watching the shows for real so he's just kind of saying what they're telling him to say and when she said that I was like oh I didn't even think about it but I was like of course he doesn't watch every show do you know how many shows there are on Bravo of course he doesn't keep up with all of them but then it's like so then why is he here like I just feel like the person whose job it is to hold all of these women accountable and to address what you know are the elephants of the room that were the entire season if you're not even watching the shows, why are you here? I just feel like it needs to go to someone else. They should treat, really look for an invested content creator who talks about these shows, in my opinion. I feel like they should give that gig to somebody to propel them and who will really, really work hard and, and give us what we need. I feel like to just hire any entertainer or host, they're just not gonna be as committed to it. They're not probably even gonna watch the shows. I feel like you need to give it to a viewer who is actually going to be as unbiased as possible. Like someone like a funky Dineva would be good, I think. But that's just my opinion on the situation. And that's it for reality today because Potomac was a lot so I have nothing else for you and I haven't really been watching any other reality shows anyway. I mean there's Salt Lake City but they were on a break this week and I feel like it was really unfair to give us that really spicy teaser and then go on a break but I will, I said I was going to talk about it this week but I lied <laughs> or I, I just there really wasn't anything to talk about that I'm more I'm curious about who Black Heather's eye so when we come closer to that episode I will probably be speaking about it on the show more, although I feel like we probably won't get to know that, unfortunately, but I will definitely have fun speculating. Anywho, let me know if you agree with anything I said, or if you disagree, I don't know, I'm always up for a good debate, within reason, because some of you guys like to tussle, and I don't, I don't, I, I can tussle about some things, but I'm not tussling over these reality stars, like, that's not what I'm doing, so, you know, I ain't arguing with you stands, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, that's reality for today. Okay, so on to entertainment. Bel Air season two has officially been confirmed. Well, it has already been confirmed from before, but we now have a premiere date. Peacock have released a teaser trailer the other day, and it looks like we can expect the first two episodes to air on Thursday, the 23rd of February. I am really excited. I really, really enjoyed Bel Air season one. A lot of us were very, mm, I don't know what this is going to be given. Are you about to ruin a classic? I think a lot of us were a little bit apprehensive when it was first coming about. But I must say they proved us wrong. The execution was just fantastic. It was 
just black excellence in 4K. Where can you go wrong, you know? With uh, the cast and, you know, the different versions of the characters that we know and love as well. I love what they did with Henry's character, Coco Jones, that's amazing. And yeah, it was just, it was giving. Like, I, re I really, really enjoyed it. And I actually, call me crazy, I have so much on my plate with Unterrated as it is, but I've been thinking that I am actually going to start doing an additional show. Uh, this is going to be more of a podcast than a talk show where I'm going to be giving like detailed breakdowns as to, you know, every, as, as in I'm going to be doing reviews of each and every episode with certain shows. And I think Bel Air might be my first one. I um, I'm, I always try not to make announcements of what I'm going to do on the show because it's so nice. It's such a nice thought but then when it comes to actually doing it it's like it's another thing in itself so I'm like why did I why did I hold myself to that on camera but I think that this is absolutely gonna go ahead and I feel like late-ish February is a good time to start doing it so because I'll be almost finished with my lessons at that point and I'll really only have my final project to do for uni anyway enough about me so but I'm just letting you guys know stay tuned for announcements for that if you are interested in my reviews and breakdowns of each show because it's very hard to talk about shows that I'm watching with just myself without anyone to kind of bounce off and you know really give my perspective on what's actually going on in the shows and just rather than just give you a, a snippet I'd rather do that and it doesn't really fit in with the theme of a talk show so it'll probably be easier just to do it as an additional podcast but hey enough on that later so excited for Bel Air I'm really really looking forward to seeing what season two is going to give they have not said anything as to what the plot will entail but if you guys remember season finale Will was very conflicted about whether or not he was going to go back to Philly or stay in Bel Air I feel like it's very obvious given <laughs> given what we know about the show already what the show is called and just what the smart choice would be he's gonna stay in Bel Air. Like, why am I going back to Philly? I'm sorry, I'm, he loves his hometown and everything as he should, but have you seen that fucking mansion? I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere, he's just upset, he'll be fine. So yeah, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they'll do with all the characters and all the subplots, what they'll be in season two, because a lot of it was based around Phil's election in the first season, so they're definitely gonna have to come up with something different. But it will be very interesting to see what parts, obviously we have six seasons, I think there were six seasons of The Fresh Prince. So they have a lot to pull from, a lot of content. So it will be very interesting to see what direction they'll go in. I'm really looking forward to it, I'm excited for 23rd of February. And something else that's also in the works is The Princess Diaries 3. So there's been a script floating around for a few years now. I knew Anne Hathaway was on it and I think the original writer of the film as well. And, or the producer, sorry, not the writer and Julie Andrews at some point was as well. So I'm really happy to see that things are officially underway and they are now in the early development stages. However, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Julie Andrews may not be feeling the idea of being involved anymore. So it, the quote says, speaking to The Hollywood Reporter to mark her AFI Life Achievement Award, she said, I think it would be too late to do it now, especially me. It's too far down the line to go back to it. It's a lovely thought, but I don't think it will probably be possible. So Julie Andrews was also speaking about it on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And it seemed to me that she just kind of was under the impression that it wasn't really going to happen at this point. She said to him, her exact words were, there was talk about it many, many years ago, but I think it's too far gone now. I'd be thrilled if it were to happen, but I can't think what the story would be now. So that doesn't really sound like she's not on it to me. It just sounds like, you know, we talked about it years ago, but 
I'm assuming it's not happening anymore, otherwise it would have happened by now. So I hope that that's, you know, if the Hollywood Reporter are just getting their references from that and other things that she's said similar, I hope that doesn't necessarily mean that she's really not going to be involved in the project, it's just she didn't never anticipate it actually happening at this point. Because I feel like it really is pointless to do it without Julie Andrews' involvement. I personally be really annoyed if they brought the third film around just to kill off Clarice Rinaldi or replace her with somebody else. Because I, I just, no, why? Like, don't do that. I really hope they don't. Fun fact though, Clarice Rinaldi's character is not likeable at all in the books. <laughs> so if they were more accurate with who she was in the books, we probably would be begging to see her gone. But yeah, the way Julie Andrews played her, like, it doesn't make any sense. I get that Mia Thermopolis is the main character, but her role almost doesn't really make any sense without her grandmother. So yeah, I really hope that Julie Andrews will be involved. But at the moment, all we know is that they're in early developments. We have no release date. We don't really know what else is good, what the plot's going to be. We have no details. But, you know, like I said, Anne Hathaway is involved and she's happy to be involved. And Mandy Moore also spoke about it when she was on the Drew Barrymore show a few months ago, saying that she'd be happy to come back as well. So it seems that bearing that in mind, she's probably going to reprise, now that This Is Us is over as well, she's probably going to reprise her role as the villain, Lana, Anna, and. Atlanta, Anna, and Fontana. Anyway, yeah, she played Lana, who was like arch enemy. But yes, that'll be fun to see all the girls back together again. I am very, very curious as to see what the third movie plot is gonna be. I wonder if they're gonna bring Raven Simone back. I have questions, but yeah, that's all we know for now. So we have a premiere date for Bel Air season two. We know that Princess Diaries three is in the works. But you know what we haven't got a premiere date for yet? Or know anything about? Season three of Power Book Two. Yeah, I've been wondering where it's at now for a little bit. Power Book Two was officially greenlit for a season three, I think last December, but we haven't really heard much else since then. And it seems Michael Rainey Jr. is also wondering what the fuck is going on or irritated or what the fuck is going on because he had some things to say, which I thought were very interesting. He said, at stars, you're tripping. Anyways, how would you all feel if Ghost Book Two was never to come back on air? It's like stars forgot who's really carrying this network on their shoulders. Check the stats. I mean, we don't need to check the stats. I don't know of anybody who watches anything that's not Power or P-Valley. So yeah, I believe you. Humble as fuck, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't believe that Ghost Stars is one of the biggest reasons stars is even a thing. Again, I'm with you. And don't get me wrong, Power, Omari Hardwick and many other people that were involved in Power are the reason stars is a thing, 100%. But who carried on what they left to us? Can't respect a network or anyone at a network that turns a blind eye to their top earners. I can't respect stupidity. I hear you. And he also commented, don't question me about the caption question stars. He's really not happy with them at all. And then he commented, now look, y'all might get a season three. But after that, shit, I don't know. And he said might in caps. Ah, <laughs> no, I need a season three. I need to know what happened to Lauren. <laughs> And then Alex Lapry, who, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, who plays Effie on the show, she commented, spooky, they'll be retiring by the time we come back. And then he commented back saying, I'm trying to show you. 
and then what's his name Gianni 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 Val is it G just Gianni Paolo I'm not sure but he plays Braden on the show anyway and he said now Michael and Michael commented back like with just the shrug emojis like he was like now leave me alone man. these people are pissing me off he was basically like now sir I don't know if that's a good idea maybe you should delete this and he was like now fuck them <laughs> that's what the emojis is like now I'm so tired I'm so done with these people and it's just very intriguing I wonder what stars are pulling over there because it seems like Everyone is pissed off at them. 50 has not been happy with them for the longest. He's actually leaving them. He's going to be, I'm not sure if he's moving to a new network or he's going to, you know, create his own streaming platform. I definitely think he should do that if he can, if he's got the means. I mean, we know he's got the money, but maybe it's just easier work-wise to just entrust it to someone else. But if, if it is a process that's not too complicated, he should do that because he'll eat off of all of it and he knows he's got the demand. And he, like, at the end of the day, 50 Cent, he's, a, you know, many things I, I don't like him for several reasons but he he writes a good series i, I really enjoy power and I, I actually think i like power book 2 a bit more because it got to the point where towards the end of power i was getting a bit frustrated i was just kind of watching it to see what was going to happen because when the show is nearly all the characters are unlikable it becomes like just more frustrating to watch it's almost like the same sentiment as reality tv when you don't like the entire cast <laughs> when you hate all these bitches and you're just like why am i here it's kind of like that towards the end of power because I was like I don't like any of you motherfuckers you all irritate me for several reasons but I just want to know what's going to happen but I do enjoy power book 2 and it is literally Tariq's redemption like he's so much more likable in power book 2 so I really think that they do a good job with the show and obviously you know characters that are played by the likes of Mary J Blige and Method Man it really helps and you know I hear good things about power book 3 I haven't I've watched the first episode and never went back so I just honestly don't know how much I care about Kanan but I will give it a watch because my friend says it's really really good I'm not going back to power book 4 because I just I, I watched the first episode again and I don't even care like I care even less about Tommy than I thought I did which is interesting so yeah they, they put on the good shows 50's also got power book 5 in the works as well I don't know many people even know that but I have been, you know, when in my research, when I look up stuff I talk about, I research everything. So I saw that he was coming out with a fifth one that was going to be more about Rashad Tate and his backstory. And it's going to be called Influence, I think. So I'm intrigued to see what else he's got coming. So I'm sure that's not it, period. I, I'm, I think that they're probably just just absolving their partnership with stars at this point because they're dropping the ball which I understand I saw some reports that 50 was mad about how a show uh, an episode of BMF got leaked and then it got kind of taken down off stars and put back up in 24 hours I could definitely understand his frustration with stuff like that because that really affects the ratings of the show and it's it's frustrating when you work really hard to direct and you know put together a story for people to enjoy then it gets leaked like that and then on top of that it's not even on the network where people are supposed to be watching it so yeah i can definitely understand his frustration but i just think it's really interesting to see this because i remember when they finally renewed season uh, p valley for season three and four katori hall was also vocalizing that she wasn't happy with the way they treated her and the show and she felt like they weren't being prioritized as what um, as much as 50 cent and his shows which i just thought was interesting because it's like well now seeing this it's like how are you not making everybody mad? It just seems like you're not doing your job at all because everyone shouldn't be upset with you. <laughs> like, you know, all the writers, the creators of the shows, your biggest shows, the actors on the show. It's like, oh my God, what are you guys doing over there? It seems that I can't imagine that they are intentionally trying to piss them off or just don't want to make money. So I don't know if it's just a, a question of disorganization, people who don't know what they're doing, just a combination of the two, all sorts. 
But I really hope that we will see a Power Book season three because like I said, I wanna know what the fuck happens with everything. I wanna know what the fuck happened to Lauren. I wanna know what happened, you know, what's gonna happen now with this Dante guy dying. And I, I just, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. I enjoy the show anyway. Zeke, is he dead? I forgot, I might need to watch the last episode again. Or maybe I won't if we don't get season three. I don't wanna put myself through that. But hey, I'm sure that won't be it though. I'm sure 50's got a backup plan, but I feel like Michael and a lot of the cast by the looks of things are very pissed off and stars need to fix up. Otherwise they won't have much of a platform if, you know, everyone is mad at them. But hey, I just thought that was interesting and I'm gonna stay tuned and keep my eyes and ears out to see if there's any more talk of season three coming and when it might be because usually it's around now. November is when the last one dropped and I think the original first season came around in September. So it's usually around the winter time. So to be at the end of November and it's crickets, it's like, what is going on? But I'm gonna keep my eyes and ears up. So just a couple other quick mentions. Rihanna signed a multi-million dollar deal with Apple TV Plus for a documentary. And this is really great for her. It's highly anticipated. I knew she was having a documentary come out at some point, but I thought it was gonna be with Amazon Prime. So it looks like it's gonna be with Apple TV Plus. And yeah, we know Ree, she stays getting a check, not in the booth, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm sorry, all this activity is making me wonder if an album is coming because in terms of entertainment, she hasn't been this active in a long time. You know, she's had that in the Super Bowl. She's done two songs for the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. And now this documentary upcoming. If the release date of the doc as well is gonna coincide with her performance in the Super Bowl, I am gonna feel like perhaps an album is coming. I, I, or maybe that's wishful thinking. I feel like with Brie, it's always wishful thinking. But she did recently say that she's not coming with an album anytime soon. As she always says, there is an album, but it's not coming soon. I swear she just loves to tease us at this point. But hey, sis, we happy for you. I am, I really am, but I want, I want the album too. Imagine if we get an album after all this time and it's trash. Maybe I should stop asking for one and anticipating one because I feel like it's gonna be like that what, however good it is because of how much anticipation there is around it. But hey, I am intrigued to see the documentary. The Best Man final chapters have also confirmed their premiere date. So for those who don't know, The Best Man is coming back in the form of a miniseries instead of a third movie. So I'm really looking forward to that. Peacock released a teaser trailer for this as well the other day. The first episode is gonna air near Christmas on Thursday the 22nd of December. So I'm really looking forward to that. The entire cast is returning to reprise their roles with the exception of Monica Calhoun who played Mia because her character obviously passed away in the last movie. So she won't be back, but everyone else will be back. I'm really excited to hear that. Malcolm D. Lee, who directed the first two movies, is directing the miniseries as well. It seems like there's gonna be a lot going on in terms of different subplots within the series. So that makes even more sense why they thought it was appropriate to do a miniseries as opposed to a film. So I'm really excited to see what's gonna be in store. It does seem like the main plot though is that Harper's book is gonna be turned into a film. So Harper is obviously Tay Diggs' character and his book is the one that starts all the mess. I don't know why I over-explain everything. I'm sure people who are interested in these topics already know all of this. I like to be annoyingly thorough and I, sometimes I feel like half the time I'll, I'll edit this back and I'll be like, I'm sure all of this is very unnecessary, but we move. In terms of what I've been watching, I haven't really been watching anything new. I've been catching up with Chicago PD a lot, so that's reminded me of how much I love that show. Uh, oh, I lie. I did watch From Scratch because I just, I was very curious, you know, everyone was talking about it online. So I was curious and I checked it out. 
and ultimately I liked it I, it was a good watch but for me I just feel like what happens and everything that transpires is just so much to unpack in the form of a mini series I just felt like it was moving along so quickly that I couldn't really be that attached to anything that happened because it didn't really give me the chance to. It, everything was kind of just a whirlwind. So by the time, and I don't want to give any spoilers just in case anyone hasn't watched it, but by the time everything happens, it's kind of like, oh, that's sad. And I did like almost tear up at certain parts because it's still good acting, especially like when you see the family dynamics on both sides of Amy and Lino's family especially Amy's family for me so I really loved her family it was really really nice and it does really tug at your heartstrings but especially when the kid is born and everything so it, there were definitely things that almost got me going but ultimately everything happened so quickly that by the end you're like oh like that's how I felt and I just feel like if they were going to do it that way they should have had longer episodes not longer episodes sorry because an hour is long enough but they should have had more episodes I feel like eight episodes is way too little for the amount that they unpacked a good 10 12 maybe or they should have made it a film and cut some stuff out i think that it should have been one or the other it expects me to be that invested when we really don't even know these people like that because everything is that like it's just it's just event just a new stream of events in every episode it's like it, it just felt like a lot but ultimately it reminded me that zoe saldana is a very good actress so there was that and i did enjoy it I, I, it was a good watch i like that in a lot of standard stuff that we're just getting on netflix prime now there's just a lot of black characters and black cast and they're not having to be that token black character either i think that was definitely the biggest selling point for me i think the biggest thumbs up was the fact that it was a tale about an interracial couple but it didn't feel like an intentional tale about an interracial couple if that makes any sense they were just you know a black woman met a white italian guy on a trip they fell in love they got together shit happened from there if that's just really what it felt like it didn't feel forced or too much there was really no token black characters that i really saw so i it was nice to see that involved as a that it's nice to see that as a standard thing in a lot of shows that we get now so that's really my biggest takeaway but ultimately i was kind of like yeah i feel like mm, it was a bit much in in eight episodes but yeah that's really it criminal minds is back did everybody know that they were coming back <laughs> was it just me who was shocked because I felt like it was always a plan to kind of rebrand or go to a different network because now they're with Paramount Plus. I don't remember what network it was on before, but it's still being streamed on Disney Plus here. So it's still the same network for us in terms of where we watch it streaming wise. But I think that they moved channels. So yeah, I, I'm not sure what that was about, especially in, I, I, and it, oh, it was over the pandemic that was the break. So maybe they will planning on coming back sooner but the pandemic they couldn't shoot as early as they wanted to and we're swearing on there now which is interesting so maybe they wanted to make it a little bit more rated r have it a little bit more edge i don't know but i i yeah it's back and it's like they never left like there's a bit of a you know spencer's not involved which is really upsetting and yeah there's the you can feel the gap but other than that it's kind of like hey we're back like we never left and i'm like okay cool <laughs> like so I watched the first episode, I'm going to watch the second because they dropped two. But yeah, so that's really all I've been checking out lately. Let me know what you guys have been watching. And also, regarding what I was talking about earlier when I was speaking on Bel Air, let me know in terms of breakdowns, reviews, you know, just something where I can speak about TV shows and my opinions on the characters and what's actually transpiring in more detail as opposed to just giving you a snippet of my opinion in the entertainment segment. Let me know any shows you really like me to review or to talk about in depth. 
I know for a fact, I, I'm 100% sure because I really don't like to, you know, put pressure on myself by saying I'm going to do something in the episode. I really try not to do that as much anymore. But I'm saying this kind of just to give myself a kick up the ass because I do want Belair to be the first one I start with. And I feel like late February is enough time to give me. And yeah, I'm definitely going to do Belair. And like I had to even restrain myself by not doing the best man. So I'm like, no, that's ne next month and I have assignments due, so let me not. <laughs> but I probably will be doing Harlem as well. And I want to do older shows as well, like, you know, kind of throwback episodes while review shows that we watched before. And I definitely want to do Desperate Housewives, I think. But if there's anything that you guys want to hear me review or have my you know give my detailed opinion on so that concludes the entertainment segment for today I got hot sauce in my okay and the final segment of the evening well the afternoon it looks like the evening outside though <laughs> but yeah the final segment new music there wasn't really much to discuss this week I haven't really been checking out much music as of late. Not new music anyway, but I did finally listen to The Single Life by Sweetie. So that EP dropped on Friday the 18th of November. But yeah, I actually think it was cute. I think Sweetie's had this reputation for a little while of being this beautiful woman who can't rap a lick, which I do understand to some extent. But I actually did hear a lot of improvement on this EP. I really, th I think she went in on her freestyle, Don't Say Nothing. And I really liked Handle My Truth as well. I, I, I think Handle My Truth is a good song, genuinely. Like, I really enjoy Handle My Truth when I listen to it. And I think she did her thing on, on Don't Say Nothing. I really don't understand why the girls got their panties in a bunch about it because Sweetie got a lot of backlash from releasing that song. They were saying that it was an inappropriate time to do so because it was so recent after the passing, uh, it was so soon after the passing of Takeoff. And I think a lot of people either didn't listen to the song or were just waiting for an excuse to get mad at Sweetie because I don't understand why they felt like it was insensitive to Quaver because that song's not about Quaver. I feel like it's very obvious when you listen to it. it the hook is literally, don't you tell nobody we fucking. Shut your mouth, nigga, don't say nothing. Everybody knew that her and Quavo were fucking, so how could it be about Quavo? I think it was obviously about Lil Baby. So <laughs> I feel like people were really, really like just being weird with the backlash. I just feel like it wasn't about Quavo and I feel like that was obvious, but let's even assume that it was. I feel like people pick and choose when they want to understand the music business and that really irritates me because it's clear that you know that Sweetie probably is not responsible for when things drop like she probably doesn't have the power to say let's not release this it's not the right time i mean i remember when i think it was for the streets her song with janae aiko her label dropped that earlier than she wanted i remember her tweeting about it saying she was really frustrated because she had a whole rollout plan and they just dropped it without her permission didn't even tell her and i remember that and i was because i remember thinking wow these artists really have no control or power and when when shit happens involving their career and their name that's mad and so I know for a fact now, thinking back on that, that Sweetie absolutely has no power <laughs> when her shit comes out. So I feel like when people are getting angry over stuff like that, I'm like, you just don't like the artist because you know that that's not them who did that. But ultimately, it really doesn't matter because it's not about Quavo, it's about Lil Baby. So I feel like she has every right to speak on it since he spoke on it and Quavo also did in his song. So, and they didn't care about Sweetie. So yeah, let's be real. They were just waiting for a reason to drag her. And I'm sure she's as sad about Takeoff dying as everybody else. Cause she knew him at the end of the day. She was with Quavo, one of his bandmates for a long time. So I'm sure him and her had their relationship and I'm sure she is heartbroken about it. And is grieving in her own way. So I feel like to make, for people to make her feel bad about 
that song is just unfair. But yeah, I'm glad that she doesn't really, it doesn't seem to be no skin off her nose when Joe Budden was doing the most, like he does, talking about it and saying that Sweetie needs to shut the fuck up. Even though he even said that it seemed like the song was about little Baby. So I don't even understand how his point made any sense. He was like, it's not the time for confusion. I'm like, but it shouldn't, there shouldn't be confusion because as you just said, it's clearly not about Quavo, but whatever. So Sweetie responds to him saying, oh, I need to shut the fuck up. Okay, Joe Leisha. So I thought that was funny. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that means she's probably just really not that bothered at this point. But yeah, I'm not mad at Sweetie. She's improved. And I do feel like, it's weird that she has that. I mean, to be fair, let me not say that like people don't say that about everyone else, but I was like, she's not any worse than Young Miami. Young Miami's way worse than her. So I don't know why she has this reputation of being like the worst out of all the rap girls, but yeah, to be fair, they take the piss out of Young Miami too. So I guess I can't really, I can't really say that, but I can't lie. I, I enjoy, like I said, Don't Say Nothing and um, Handle My Truth. I like those two. And secondly, and finally, these are the only two projects I'm gonna talk about this week. Cause like I said, I really wasn't taking in much music this week, but I did listen to This Is What I Mean by Stormzy. That dropped this Friday, 25th of November. Highly anticipated. For me, I wasn't feeling this album, I must say. Firstly, it's a lot of singing. And I've never been, I know not everybody likes when Stormzy sings, I've never really been mad at it. I'm not mad at rappers singing generally, like, but only a little bit of singing. Do you know what I mean? It has to be done in a certain way, like a 21 questions by 50 cent, you know? When it's stuff like that, I'm not really like mad at it because you're just singing the hook or like a whatever you like by T.I., you know? Like something like that is fine because you're not really singing, do, do you get me? But Stormzy fully sings on there and it's like a, a like, like not like he's not trying to be Adele or anything, but you know, it's kind of like, I don't really understand the point in this much singing from someone who's not a vocalist. I just kind of don't really get the point. Like I understand that he wants to branch out in a slightly different version of rap or the type, you know, away from the grime sound. That's what it sounds like to me. But I don't know. I just, I felt like it was a little bit unnecessary in a lot of points even though it's nice to hear him in a way sing because it, it feels like it's therapy for him. That's what the whole album felt like, if I'm honest, because even the parts where he is rapping, it feels more like he's talking to himself rather than actually really rapping. So I feel like the whole project just sounded like it was one big therapy session that he really needed. And I love that artists do that, honestly. Like, I think that in projects, specifically Adele's project that I forgot the name of now, 30, is it? Is it called 30? Or is that just what she put up for the all those promo things all over the place, dirty. I feel like the album's called something completely different, but I don't remember. Um, Beyonce's album and Stormzy's album, those three in particular are what comes to mind, where it, it sounds and felt like the artist really was releasing a lot of what they had on their heart and on their chest. And I love that artists do that because that's what music is for. It's meant to be therapy. When you are musically gifted, that's what you're supposed to use it for as an outlet. But if you're gonna, you know, package an album or a project for us, it, it also needs to be entertainment as well. And I feel like I didn't, I didn't get the vibe that it was really for us, if that made sense. It felt like I was kind of listening to shit that he had on his hard drive for his own personal self without permission. That's kind of how I felt about it. But yeah, it just wasn't the big mic that I'm used to. That's why This Is What I Mean was my favorite song on there, because I feel like that's the only song on the album that he's showing big mic energy. There are other songs where he's rapping, but he don't sound like Big Mike on any other song but that song. And I was really, really feeling that song. I like the beat as well. I, I love hearing Miss Banks uh, come through. I, I really like that part of the song too. 
So yeah, I wasn't mad at that song at all. I liked Hide and Seek and Bad Blood as well. And Fire and Water is all right. But yeah, the rest of the tunes, it's, it's a no from me, dog. Um, he had a singer on there who I'm really annoyed that I didn't write her name down. Actually, I don't think she's a very well-known singer, but when I looked up, I was like, oh, cool, black girl. We love to see that. And she has a really powerful, amazing voice that's like, it really sends you somewhere. It takes you to a place. So don't get me wrong. That's why I ultimately can't really say I, I hated it. Or I really, really won't. It just, I guess I can say that. I guess it's just because of my expectations of what I'd expect of a Stormzy project. I feel like it's just very far apart from what we got from him before. But ultimately... As something to have on in the background I'm not mad at it because it, it is nice but it, it's not really what I would I wouldn't go back to it there were parts of it that I did enjoy listening to like I said it's it's nice to hear I love that Stormzy is so unafraid to be vulnerable I think I said that when I was speaking on Mel made me do it as well just how he is even when he's being greasy in those moments he could be vulnerable too and I really like that he's unafraid to do that because that's what a real artist does and it showed in the way that he arranged the songs, the people that he had involved. Uh, it, I, I think that it was a good job in terms of displaying something a little bit different for us. But yeah, just it just wasn't what I was after. When I go back to Heavy is the Head, he's Big Mike energy is all over that, even in the songs where there's singing going on. You know, even Pop Boys, songs that you really wouldn't anticipate that he would kind of do with H as a feature, He's still the same, you know, like it's still the same vibe. So I was just a bit taken aback, I think. And now it makes sense that he made such a production out of Mel Made Me Do It with the video because he knew he had to appease his fans that, you know, are like that like him and subscribe to his music for what we've already seen of him. Because I feel like if he didn't release that Mel Made Me Do It, he'd have a riot on his hands. So not from me, because at the end of the day, what you want to release as an artist is what you want to release. I can be disappointed, but I'm not that entitled that I'm going to be like, how dare you? Like, you know, some lower fans are going to be. But yeah, I'm happy we got Mel Made Me Do It. Otherwise, I wouldn't really have that much to say in terms of like, yeah, I like this from Stormzy this year. I also wonder if his change of direction is down to religious reasons because he, we, we know he's very serious about his faith, he's been very vocal about that before, but he spoke so much about God on this album in a different type of way, almost like him being in a different space in his life now, he maybe is needed to call on God more or rely on him in a little bit more of a way he didn't before, because as you turn different corners in life and you're in new areas, you're gonna, you know, speak to God about things that you maybe didn't even consider before or, you know, reach out to him for in the past. So that's kind of the vibe I got from it. And that made me wonder if he didn't really want to be a rapper that was speaking on the things that he was speaking on as much anymore, but there needs to be a transition. You can't just altogether stop doing it. So that's why he still gives us little bits of that. But maybe ultimately he's trying to break away from that. I have a feeling that that might be a factor in it, but maybe that's not the overall reason. I think that it's more likely that he's just run out of things to say in a way because he said a lot on his projects, I feel like, and he's said a lot, and while he's been hugely, hugely successful, he strikes me as someone that's a bit, I don't know if this is really Drake or if the, this is the facade of paint, but you know, someone who deep down kind of wants that, he's very, sometimes he's very family orientated, so it, or fa family oriented? I always feel like I'm saying that word wrong. Anyway, we move. 
I feel like he's probably the guy, type of guy that deep down he really wants to kind of meet a woman, have a family, settle down. Like he, he's kind of ready for that step of his life. I don't know, like I don't know, I don't know this nigga at all. But in the way he talks about his family and his nephews with such pride, it makes me feel like he probably feels like, you know, I've, I've, I've broken down a lot of doors in my lane in music. I've been very successful, one would argue, you know, more successful than pretty much any other rapper that's broke out in the UK in terms of international success, it, on the scale, the type of scale that Stormzy has done it. So maybe he's just ready for that stage of his life. Maybe he's just ready to venture into something else. Maybe acting, a lot of rappers go into acting straight afterwards and, you know, uh, have a re good reputation of being successful at it. Maybe he has something like that on his mind. Who knows? But I, I don't think that this is his last project by any means. I feel like we might get one or two more, but they're either going to be fewer or further between in, and he's going to actually give himself a chance to experience life and actually live and do other things and not rush to another album or it's going to be, yeah, nearly time for a goodbye and a time to move on and do something else. Because I feel like most rappers have a timeline in their head where they're like I'm probably going to be done rapping about these things he probably wants to evolve a little bit more and actually give himself as a person a chance to evolve before his music can evolve you know I feel like that's probably more likely so maybe it's a combination of the two you know he's just at that point or religious reasons who knows I feel like a lot of these songs are old as well uh, there was a lot of talk about Maya on this album, which I thought was interesting. Not surprising, because he's been very vocal about the fact that he feels like he fucked up with that relationship, he misses her, and he'd have her back. I, again, I think it's cool for him to be that vulnerable. But yeah, I feel like at this point, he might just need to give it up. <laughs> like, if he... Because there's been rumours that they got back together, but those have been, un, you know, now confirmed to be untrue. Maya's people have said, nah, that's cat. So yeah, I feel like, and it's nice that because the rumours stem from the fact that they met each other recently and uh, I don't know where they were, but they were somewhere and they ran into each other and they gave each other a hug, which looked very nice and co say, but she gave him the one-armed hug, you know? <laughs> so, and I'm not sure she's still engaged to Ben Simmons. I don't think she is, but either way, I feel like Storms, you might need to move on, brother. Like it, it might just be it. And I'm sorry, because it sounds like it was that love, you know? That one that's like, if I could just have that chance again now and now I know where I went wrong and I would do so much better. I can understand his frustration because I feel like he probably feels like that. But yeah, it might be time to just give it up and yeah, move on to someone else. Yeah, good for Stormzy. <laughs> but for me, it, it, it wasn't quite there. But I do like this is what I mean. That will definitely be repeated and hide and seek as well, like I said. I got hot sauce in my bag, swag. But that's pretty much all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. If you guys could let me know what you think of the show by commenting below. You can also tweet your opinions on the show and use the hashtag unherrated. You can follow me personally on all platforms at I am Hannah OJ. You can also follow the show at unherratedpod on all platforms. And for now, that is a wrap. Bye, you guys.